The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Well, good afternoon. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Impact Wrestling Press Pass Podcast. This is Ross Foreman, and we're going to get going after a few-week hiatus. I apologize on that. It's been a, a crazy busy week for uh, a couple weeks for everybody here at Impact. We had, uh, of course, Rebellion, pay-per-view in, at the Rebel Entertainment Complex, April 28th in Toronto. We followed that up with uh, a couple of days at the famed 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, and right after that we uh, kicked off some Impact Plus with uh, Code Red in New York City. So, uh, been a busy time uh, this week on Impact. Of course, we have uh, uh, a lot of good matches. Kira uh, going against Rosemary, Ethan Page, all ego steps in there against Rob Van Dam. Ty Valkyrie puts the knockouts title on the line against Madison Rain. LAX against the team of Moose and Josh Alexander. Ace Austin against Petey Williams, and more. Uh, before we get to our special guest, uh, just a heads up for the Slammiversary, uh, quick Slammiversary update. Uh, July 7th, I believe that is the date, I should know that, uh, July 7th in Dallas. Tickets will go on sale for VIP only on May 17th. VIP tickets will go on, t- on sale May 17th. All tickets will go on sale May 20th. That's uh, Friday the 17th. All tickets on Monday the 20th. And uh, keep a lookout on uh, impactwrestling.com for a new look update to the VIP program that we're going to announce in the next, uh, probably next week that'll come out. Well, uh, Josh is uh, Josh is not in yet. I'm not sure where Josh is at, but we're going to uh, proceed without Josh. I'm sure he's around, uh, going to buzz me and say he's going to, he's online any minute now, but that said, uh, let me welcome our special guest, uh, a man who probably in about five minutes or less arrived in impact and immediately vaulted into the, uh, world title picture. I, I can't say there's been many people, uh, and I'm sure Brian Cage would say there's been nobody who's dismantled the world champion, Brian Cage, as fast as, our guest this week, uh, Big Mike, Mike Elgin. Uh, welcome. Let me unmuted. Mike Elgin, welcome to the Press Pass podcast. Oh, thank you very much for having me. And, and you probably missed the grand introduction I gave you—the the greatest introduction you've you've had. Well, you know, I'll we'll, take blame we'll for that. The speculation. How about that? All righty. Well, that said, uh, before we open up for media questions, and uh, first of all, I do want to apologize to the media on the little technical glitch we had there. Uh, but we got to ask you, uh, Big Mike, uh, clearly you've uh, uh, made your presence known. Muted. Impact. Um, what's, uh, what's your thoughts coming in? you know, immediately vaulting into a world title picture. I mean, that was my plan. You know, uh, I've spent the last few years in Japan and my goal as a wrestler has always been to be world champion. And I've won championships everywhere I went. 
And my plan was to come into Impact and make an immediate splash and let it be known to whoever the champion would be when I showed up and everybody paying attention that I don't care who I have to step in that ring with. I don't care who's champion. My main goal and only goal is to be world champion. Well, clearly you, you made a, uh, a strong statement at rebellion, dropping Brian cage moments after his, uh, uh finest moment. Um, clearly there's a, you know, a path that you're, you're going on directly at the world champion. Yeah. And as I said, that's, I want to be world champion. So, I mean, unfortunately for Brian, he's the champion and now he's in my sights. All right. Well, bring us up to speed on, on Mike Elgin. Who, who is Mike Elgin? Talk about your uh, career up to this point. Well, uh, I started training to wrestle at the age of 14. I had my first match when I was 16. Uh, it took a lot of years to kind of get uh, get the momentum that I wanted and needed. Uh, growing up in Canada, it was a little bit difficult to kind of break out of Canada's scene and, and get seen on the state side, which is much more predominant. You know, in the last couple of years, Canada has kind of had a strong push of great talent and great shows and great companies. But when I started, it wasn't like that. It was almost, uh, you were in kind of a dead area where people didn't know what was going on before I'd ever broke out. Uh, when I started with ring of honor, uh, I'd wrestled guys like Samoa Joe and Rhino and Bobby Roode and Tyson kid and AJ styles, uh, Christopher Daniels, Chris Saban. And unfortunately, because it was all in Canada, not many people knew that. Um, and then in 2010, I started working for Ring of Honor, and that's when a more broad audience got to see me. And due to me working with Ring of Honor and New Japan seeing me there, I went over to New Japan in 2015, and that's pretty much the, the sum of where what has brought me to Impact. All righty. Well, I appreciate it, Big Mike. We're going to kick it off. We have a, a room full of uh, media members looking to talk to you. Media, if you uh, star six to get in queue for questions, uh, please identify yourself and your media outlet. And please, one question and one question alone for Big Mike. And as we do that, I will uh, also ask you, hey, Big Mike, did you get to see the Blues defeat the Stars last night? Uh, I watched some of it. I was running my wrestling school and I was more focused on the Raptors Sixers. I'm, uh, I'm still a Toronto fan at heart and I'm a basketball guy more so than a hockey guy. Alrighty. Uh, Q and A session has started. To ask your question, please press star six. Did I lose you? Nope. We're going to just bring in some uh, media questions here for you, Mike. Absolutely. Hi, Mike. Hello. My name is Stephanie from Steel Chair Magazine in UK. Mm -hmm. How are you? I am very well. And yourself? Uh, some little neck issues, which means I'm little, not great tonight, but um wanted to be there anyway. Um, 
you just stated that the world championship was your goal, but uh, who are the wrestlers from the roster that you are looking forward to wrestling on Impact? Thank you. Yeah, um, you know, I think that Impact has a tremendous roster. Um, as a wrestler, you always look forward to new matchups and being in the ring with talent that's world-class and can make you step up to the next level. And that's another reason why I wanted to be part of the Impact roster. There's so many talented guys. You know, there's guys like Ethan Page and Josh Alexander there who I know from our past together, and they've grown in strides and have really shown how talented they are. So those are two guys I really want to be in the ring with. Uh, it's been many years since I've got to wrestle Moose. Um, the Rascals. Uh, and those are really the, the top of my my head guys that I haven't wrestled ever or in such a long time that I look forward to sharing the ring with them. And I also look forward to showing them that now that I'm in town, you know, uh, they don't really have a chance. But still, it'll be a fun match. Uh, what about people like Killer Cross? Um, don't know, if, um, maybe Eddie Edwards. I don't know. Yeah, you know, those are definitely two names that that come to mind. Uh, I've recently wrestled uh, Killer Cross, and I do look forward to wrestling him. You know, under the Impact banner and an Impact ring, and Eddie. You know. I don't know why I left him out because he's definitely one of my favorite opponents of all time. I shared a lot of time with him in prior companies. And to me, uh, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And being able to share a ring with somebody that's that talented, as I mentioned, always brings you to a new level. And I think it's been, man, maybe six or seven years since I got to wrestle Eddie. And I think we're both, completely different performers now and, and different monsters in that ring. So I think that if I do get a chance with Eddie Edwards, that we're going to have a special match that people are going to be talking about. Whoops. Sorry about that, Stephanie. I cut you off, but, uh, I believe we're going to jump out to Italy for this next question. Well, maybe not. Italy is uh, is a little silent. <laughs> hey, Big Mike, it's Chris from the Turnbuckle Topics podcast. How's it going? I was just wondering with uh, hey, oh, it's going great, man. How are you doing today? Sorry about that. No, that's all right. I, I can't complain yet. You know, other than the cars in the shop, but. Uh, got to count, count your blessings as you can, you know? Oh, yeah. I hear you there. Uh, so with title challengers such as Johnny Impact, Pentagon, um, Killer Cross, and a few others, who who worries you the most as far as, as challengers when you reach the top of that mountain? I feel like you're asking that question and you're not realizing who you're asking it to because there's not a man – an impactor in the world that is going to worry me, uh, you know, but when I become champion, not if, when, uh, I'll take on everybody on the roster and anybody in the world that 
feels that they can beat me for the Impact Championship. So the easy answer is nobody worries me. I love your answer. I love your confidence, sir. Well, thank you. Hi, this is Bill Pritchard from WrestleZone. How are you, Mike? I am very well. Yourself? Good. Uh, so you've kind of been international for the past couple of years, and you know some fans from Ring of Honor maybe didn't come over with you to that. Um, how would you say you've grown as a performer in that time, and what would you say people should look for Uh like you coming back to being on a national spotlight back with impact. Uh, You know, it's hard to pinpoint where the strongest growth has come from, because I feel that the time in Japan has made me a much better performer on all aspects. You know, uh, I've wrestled so many different people with so many different styles and it made me evolve as a wrestler in the ring. And I, I would say that I'm completely different animal than I was when I competed for ring of honor. Um, but like I said, it's kind of hard to pinpoint certain things. I feel that I definitely gained more confidence in myself. Um, I've worked on a lot of aspects outside of wrestling that help wrestling, whether that be my conditioning, my weight training, my strength, agility, all that, that I've been trying to, become a complete package while I spent time in Japan. And because I felt that I had done a good job at preparing myself to be back on that national level and what better place to be in that national level than impact. So I think that it's, I've changed completely from who I was with ring of honor. And I look forward to showing the world that in the months to come with impact. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, Michael. I am uh, Mario from Radio Android in Italy. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? Oh, yeah, I'm good. Um, I want to ask you a personal question. Um, how is the life out of the ring? You know, um, when you wrestle at, at a high level that I've been very fortunate enough to wrestle at for the last few years, uh, life tends to... 90% of the time revolve around that, whether that be studying wrestling, whether that be working on your body in the gym, whether that be working on your conditioning, going for runs, whatever it may be. A lot of life outside of wrestling also entails what's preparing me to perform at a high level. And, you know, outside of that, I like to just be home with my family because they're the most important thing to me and why I wanted to be back on a national level, why I want to be with impact and why I want to be world champion is so that my son can see that. Thank you. You're welcome. Big Mike will follow that up with another uh, away from the ring question. This one comes from Stevie G via YouTube. You'd like to know other than yourself, who would be your first pick in a softball game involving the impact roster? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I haven't played softball with too many of the impact roster, but, uh, you know, I might have to go with, 
my fellow Canadian, Josh Alexander. All right. Hello, this is Carlos from Indie Pro Wrestling, IndiePW.com. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Pretty good. So I know that you were in New Japan, and then you were potentially going to WWE. Now that you're here with Impact, do you think other people are going to follow in your footsteps of taking the uh, chance and opportunity to bet on themselves and come over to Impact? Do you feel like you're going to start that trend? I, I don't know if it would be me that started that trend. I would hope so, that I could have a little bit of credit with that, you know, with all the options that are out there in the wrestling world. Uh, but I think the biggest selling point is just what Impact's been doing. You know, I'm a wrestling fan, so I try to pay attention to everything. And I think that 2019, you know, starting with Homecoming and then the TV product that they have put forward was a huge factor in me making a decision to come to Impact. You know, they have some of the greatest wrestlers in the world. They have a great TV product. It, it stays true to what pro wrestling should be, I feel. And uh, that was just something I admired was that the focus was pro wrestling. You know, the focus yeah, was what's important, the tag team championships, the X Division championship, you know, the knockouts championship the world championship. These were all the focal point of why people were competing in impact ring. And to me, that speaks volumes because at the end of the day, uh, whatever people want to call professional wrestling, we're athletes. And I dare anybody to, to walk in my shoes and put in the hours in the gym and, and wrestle for 20, 25 minutes, three, four times a week and, and feel that they can wake up Monday morning and still get back to life and still work out. You know, not a lot of athletes can do that. And that's why pro wrestling is, is so beautiful because we don't have an off season. You know, we don't have time mm -hmm. to rest. We don't, we don't lose in the playoffs and go play golf. We wrestle and impact to me has one of, if not the strongest roster in the world. So I think if anybody out there is paying attention and really wants to, fall in love with what pro wrestling is supposed to be impact is a place to be. So I, I, I believe that you're going to see an influx of people, whether they come to impact or at least the desire is there to come to impact. Awesome. I'm glad you're part of the roster. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be part of it myself. Thank you. Hi Mike. It's Lee Med from Alive Radio in Scotland. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, no problem. Um, I noticed this past week uh, on Impact, you're in the ring, you listed some of the, the great Canadian athletes that there have been throughout the course of time. And, and you've already mentioned on this conference call some of the great Canadian athletes that we have in, in Impact Wrestling. What do you think it is that makes Canada produce such a great sportsman, especially in the world of wrestling, yourself included? Uh, you know... All I can say is that from growing up, I feel that, especially in wrestling, I'm going to mainly focus on wrestling, like you said at mm. the end there. When I was brought into wrestling, it was almost like a black hole. You know, whatever you did there, no matter how great it was, no matter how who you wrestled, the world didn't see it. So you had to work that much harder to get an opportunity in the United States or Japan or overseas somewhere to be seen that 
you had to focus harder and really be more determined than anybody else out there because it was hard to break out of Canada and it was hard to be seen in Canada. So I think that just the drive and the determination there is so strong that it produces great performers. You know, they, they have to work so hard and so diligently to get seen on a national level that they work harder than people, you know, moving to the States, I see it, you know, I run a wrestling school and my students get so many opportunities just because they're in the States or I get an opportunity and they hop in a car with me and then they can be seen as well. And it's just a little bit easier than it was when I was growing up in Canada. So I really think that due to not enough people realizing how strong the scene is in Canada and not having the world's eyes on the Canadian scene makes people work that much harder to get seen and and get known and it produces some great wrestlers like i mentioned and and you had said you know uh the josh alexanders and ethan pages i mean i've known them since 2006 and to think that now they're finding their stride when they were ready many many years ago is insane but i'm glad that they are and and the world's gonna see that not only just canadian wrestlers but those two performers as a whole are are truly special who do you think we should be keeping an eye out for over the next 18 to 24 months? Who do you think is going to be the next breakout star in, in Canadian wrestling, for, if we were to, to keep an eye on, on, on that area? Uh, if you're paying attention to Canada, I would say probably uh, Jody Threat and Sheldon Jean. Cool. I look forward to uh, having a little nosy online and see what I can find out following these guys. Thanks for taking the time. Looking forward to what you're going to be doing in Impact Wrestling. Uh, No problem, and thank you very much. I appreciate that. Hi, Michael. This is Nick Hausman with Wrestling Inc. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat today. Oh, no problem whatsoever. Yeah, so, uh, you know, like another uh, reporter uh, hinted at earlier, it did sound like you were in talks elsewhere uh, outside of Impact before finally coming in. I was just wondering, who were the people that approached you about coming to Impact, and what were some of the things you were told about, you know, what you can expect from the promotion that really appealed to you? Uh, You know, it was more so of, of just me wanting to be there, and I kind of freed up my obligations because... uh I just spent so much time in Japan and there was an offer there that I decided wasn't right for me. And because I decided that, even though I know it was said otherwise um, in some media outlets, but uh, I just felt that it was time to move on and focus on my son and uh, looking at all the other options like I previously mentioned, I I focus on wrestling and I watch a lot and I'll try to watch every company that's out there and stay focused on the talent that's out there. And just the product as a whole within impact, uh, was what I like about pro wrestling is what my pro wrestling that I grew up on focused on. Like I said, um, championships mean something. Uh, people are going out there and fighting, to be the best wrestler and, and to gain a championship. And it just speaks volumes to me because that's what I like about wrestling. I like the athletic atmosphere. I like the sport atmosphere of it. And I feel that impact has done a great job of 
presenting that to people and that's where I want to be and that's where I feel at home because even though I'm comfortable talking, I'm comfortable with a microphone in my hand and I have a lot to say that I look forward to people hearing in the time to come because Impact's given me that ability to do so. I just haven't been given that ability so far. So any kind of any kind of creative freedom or any kind of special feature that I may have has always been through what I do in the ring. And to me, looking at the landscape of everything, I felt that that freedom and that ability to showcase what I feel I'm talented at, I could do in impact ring with the impact roster. And that was kind of the main reason why I wanted to go there. All right, great. Thank you so much for the time. No problem. Hey, Mike. Uh, this is Riju from Sportskira in India. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing very well. How about yourself? I'm great, man. So I had a two-part question for you. Uh, you made your uh, debut at Rebellion. What did you think of the show from start to finish? And secondly, uh, when you confronted uh, Brian Cage at Rebellion, did you realize that he was injured? Uh, well, watching the show, I thought it was a fantastic card from top to bottom. Um, you know, I've mentioned quite a few times now that I try to stay up to date on all wrestling uh, because one, I am a wrestler and two, I am a fan. And I feel that consistently impacts pay-per-views have been top notch and, and the best pay-per-views going. And I think rebellion was in that same vein. Um, and you know, I don't know when Brian Cage was hurt. All I can tell you is that when I walked out and power bombed him, and the crowd counted one, two, three, when I had his shoulders to the mat, which, I mean, you could call myself the uncrowned champion. That's when he was sent to the hospital. You know, he was standing tall with a championship in his hands when I walked out. So it's hard to say when he got hurt. But if you're asking me, I'll tell you, it's when I gave him the power bomb and the crowd chanted one, two, three, because I had his shoulders to the mat. Thank you for your time and best of luck for your run. Thank you. Hey, Mike, how you doing? This is Jeff Martin from uh, High Spot Podcast on Bodyslam.net. Uh, glad to have you on Impact. So my question to you would be, is if you're somebody that's first trying to get to know Mike Elgin, what do you want to portray as your character on Impact if somebody's watching you for the very first time? Uh, you know, my character is who I am. You know, I am in your face uh, when there's something that, when there's something that I want, like a world championship, uh, there's something like I want for the world to see that I've given so much of my life to wrestling to be the best performer I can be and to be better than everybody else out there, you know, that bleeds through myself on camera, wherever I am in the world. And that's just the way I tackle everything. You know, uh, I think I've changed my body. I've changed my condition to show people that when you're in the ring with me, it's hard. 
I hit harder than everybody. I wrestle harder than everybody. I'm not going to get tired out there. And that's what I want to portray to people. I want people to look at me when I walk through that curtain, when I step in that ring and think one thing. And that one thing is that I'm going to hurt somebody out there because when you set your mind to something, you're a dangerous human being. And that's how I've always been with my life. You know, I focus, I focus and I give my all to everything I got and it's going to be no different with wrestling. So I think that the Michael Elgin you see when he wrestles is the Michael Elgin that I've always been and I'm going to continue to be. Thanks Mike. No problem. Big Mike, we'll switch to a question from Michael David Hole. He wants to know, could you talk about your training routine? Yeah, um, I recently, I shouldn't say too recently, about a year and a half ago, I changed from uh, a high-calorie intake uh, with high carbs and powerlifting mixed with a little bit of bodybuilding to more focus on a bodybuilding regimen with a keto diet and I think it's really transformed my body and I found a a good place to be with my diet and my training that's really helped me kind of wrestle at a higher level and and be be at a better at a better body frame and a better wind capacity uh, to compete at the level I want to compete at what's gym like for you well man it's uh I spend a lot of time in the gym. Uh, every morning is an hour of cardio, first thing, fasted, no food in my stomach. And three days out of the week, I also do core work with that hour of cardio. So that's about an hour and a half, three days a week, and the other four days an hour. And then I usually hit the weights and extra cardio for about two, two and a half hours in the in the mid midday, early evening. So it's at least, you know, a three to four-hour period I spend in the gym each day. And I'm sure somewhere at that time in the gym you're doing uh, 63 push-ups. Well, I do some push-ups, but I'd rather load up the bar with 500 pounds and bench that up than do push-ups. That's that's an easy day for you, 500-plus pounds on the bench. I like to think so, yeah. Hey, Big Mike, Chris from Turnbuckle Topics again. Um, yeah. So your immediate goal, of course, is to win the world heavyweight title. But yeah. what are your goals in impact after you win the world title? Well, I think my goal is to remain champion and put on matches that the world wants to see. You know, as I said many times, uh, I've worked over half my life at this and I think I've always taken it serious, but in the last couple of years, I've taken it more serious than ever. And that's with how I wrestle. That's with how I take care of my body and, and try to get in the best shape possible to perform at a level that nobody else can perform at. And, you know, that's, that's a, that's a hard, hard place to be because in the world of wrestling, there's so many great talents out there. And my focus is to put the eyes on what I do with impact, you know, as, as silly as it sounds and, um, not from a full ego standpoint, but again, from a little bit of an ego standpoint. And even though it might not mean something to some people, I believe that the last five-star match in an impact ring was Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels in the three-way. And that was many years ago. 
So I'd say after being champion and after retaining that championship, my goal is to get myself on the record books underneath an impact ring with a five-star match. Oh, I love it. Do you see yourself possibly going for the triple crown as well? I mean, absolutely. You know, um, there's at least three championships I can win, and I look forward to winning them all. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. No problem. Big Mike, we'll go to a question that came in from uh, Jamie Weisner. would like to know what motivated you to become a pro wrestler, and would you talk about your first ever match, your debut at age 16? Yeah, uh, so I was the youngest in my family. I'm an only child, but I had older cousins, and they got out of the wrestling fandom. And because they were getting out of the wrestling fandom and I was the youngest kid in the family, I got all their hand-me-down action figures and videotapes. And I mean, like, the first picture of me at Christmas is opening a Jimmy Hart LJN wrestling figure. So I can't remember a time in my life that I wasn't a wrestling fan. And, you know, it's cute um, when you go to school in kindergarten and the teachers are asking everybody what they want to be and people say princesses and hockey players and all this stuff. And I remember that day like it was yesterday. I said I want to be a pro wrestler. And I think the motivation came from it was such a wild dream and nobody that I knew had ever known a pro wrestler before. So it seemed like it was something that was just inaccessible that I couldn't do. And I think that pushed me more and more to do so because nobody really thought I could do it. Um, and then I started training at 14 at a terrible school, found a decent school when I was 16 and we were having matches in the school and some wrestlers reacted to the match in a positive way. And I heard them talking about taking a road trip to Detroit and I asked if I could tag along and I didn't know that I would be wrestling because in Ontario at the time you had to be 18 and I was only 16. So I took the trip to Detroit and the promoter said, well, there's four of you. Why don't you guys just do a four-way match? So my first match was a four-way against, uh, a wrestler named Hornet, who now referees for NXT. A uh, wrestler named Anton Arrakis, who no longer wrestles. And a wrestler by the name of Ashley Six, who has been my closest friend since I joined that training school. Did you win the match? I did not. But it took three people to beat me, so I think that I kind of won if you are going to look at it that way. There's always the moral victory uh, category. There you go. Hello, Michael. This is Miosch from WrestlingInfos.de from Germany. I have a question. You've been to New Japan Wrestling for quite some time, and I would like to know uh, how much differs the way of work in Japan uh, than in America or in Canada, or is there a different work ethic, or would you say it is pretty similar at the moment? I think at the moment the work ethic is very similar. Um, and what I mean by that is I think it took some time because – there was a time within North America 
where fans and some wrestlers didn't treat it as a sport. And Japan had always treated it as a sport, and that was what it appealed to me. I mean, I remember Canada was a WWF territory, and that was our TV products, our house shows, everything was all WWF. You didn't see anything else. And then finally, my friend down the street got a satellite dish, and he ordered WCW. And within that WCW show, I got to witness Hashimoto, uh, Hase, Dr. Dusty Williams and Terry Gordy. And to me, they just looked, what they were doing was so much different than what I'd ever seen before. It looked real. It looked like, you know, they were trying to hurt people and it looked like it was a real athletic contest and it drawn me to that. And then soon after that, I was saving up allowances to give my mom the money so she could give me a check so I could order tapes from Japan because it was just presented as a sport in a time, you know, 93, 94, where we had cartoon characters within North America and uh, weird situations that wrestlers were getting put into. And I think over the last few years, you know, there was always a pocket of wrestling promotions and wrestlers who took it as a sport, but then there was also pockets that didn't take it as serious as that. And I think in the last couple of years that's changed, but due to that focus of it being a sport and focusing on who's the best wrestler and what matters to people within the company and people watching the company is what happens within the ring is something that was so appealing to impact for me, you know? Um, so I really think that the landscape has changed and everybody is kind of focusing on it as a sport now. And I think that impacts doing an amazing job at that. And that's what's drawn me here. All right. Thank you very much. So I'm looking very much forward to your championship match and hope to see you for a long time. Well, thank you very much. I plan on being here for a long time. Great to hear. <laughs> Big Mike, we got a question uh, via YouTube from Yankees fan 512 Kind of put you on the spot here. Even though you've only been around for a short time, who's your favorite backstage personality at Impact? Favorite backstage personality? Huh. I don't think I can make a proper selection because it's been such a short time. So I really hate to not answer a question, but I don't think I can give a proper answer quite yet. Alrighty. Hi, Michael. Hi, I'm Michael from Radio Angry Italy. And uh, I want to ask you an advice. Uh, what advice who do you give to a young boy who wants to approach the world of wrestling? Uh, you know, uh, the best advice I can ever give to anybody that wants to come into wrestling is find a reputable school. You know, I run a wrestling school and I've seen people come into it and telling me they have a year of training and I couldn't tell you that they've been training for a year. Um, so I think the most valuable thing is don't just jump at the first opportunity you have to find a wrestling school because, you know, wrestling schools tend to pop up and, and some of them stick around that might not be the most suitable for you. So I would say do your homework and, and really see who the trainers are, see what the students have done and then make your decision. Don't be in a rush. Find the proper school for you and find the, the school that's most acceptable to, or the, 
find the school that's going to give you the proper tools if you want to take this serious. Oh, good time. Hey, Mike, this is uh, Riju from Sportskida again. My question is, what do you think of Rob Van Dam's return to Impact Wrestling? And are you looking forward to work with him? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's it's great for, for Rob Van Dam. I think it's great for Impact. I mean, anybody I think that is in in my age group and is a wrestling fan, has been a wrestling fan for all their life, was a huge fan of Rob Van Dam and what he did within ECW. And then later on with WWE, I think that he's a great talent. I think he puts a lot of new, new eyes back on impact, you know, cause not only that, he had a great, a great uh, career within, you know, uh, impact as well prior. And he's just one of those guys that has such a star quality and, and such an appeal to people that I think him on the impact roster only means great things for impact. And not only that, I think it means great things for Rob Van Dam because there's such a new blood of talent within impact that he might not have ever heard of or ever wrestled. And they're at a level that I haven't seen before. You know, this is one of the best times to be a wrestler because everybody is so good. And because everybody's so good, only the cream of the crop rises to promotions like impact. So, I think you're going to see some absolute fantastic matches out of Rob Van Dam as long as he's with Impact because of the, the talent that calls Impact home is just on another level. Thanks again. Riju, you asked three questions. You didn't even ask me the most important question. Is Josh Matthews coming to India? <laughs> Josh Matthews is going to India one way. Enjoy. Have fun with him. <laughs> Take him to lunch every day. Fantastic. All right. Well, Big Mike, we have uh, one final question uh, that came in via Facebook. Thomas Brando would like to know, how would you like to be remembered in pro wrestling? You know, I would like to be remembered as somebody who worked hard and left it all in the ring every time he was in the ring. You know, as I said, I, I... have given so much of my life to wrestling and it means so much to me. And I just hope that when all is said and done that I have to hang up the boots, people can look back on the performances I gave and know that they got the best of me, that they got all of me and it's matches that they can go back and watch and still be proud of. And uh, that pretty much sums it up. Alrighty, well, with that, Big Mike, we'll wrap it up for this week's Press Pass podcast. I will, uh, I'll give you the floor now for a final thought. What uh, heading into Impact this week, and uh, we got New York City for TV tapings in uh, early June. Slammiversary right around the corner, early July. What are you thinking, man? I, I think that what's in my immediate future is calling myself Impact World Champion. And that's my focus. You know, um, I truly think that Impact is the best wrestling product in the world right now. And if I can be the leader of the best wrestling product in the world, then, I don't know, I think that puts me at the top of the list of the best wrestlers in the world. And I'm ready to put myself up to the test. I'm ready to, to lead Impact. I'm ready to 
tell everybody in the world, no matter where they are, that if they want to prove they're the best, that they come to Impact and they wrestle me to show that they're the best. And that's my main goal. And when I win that championship, I don't plan on losing it because I plan on every day training like it's like it's my last day. I plan on, on training and performing like it's going to be my last performance. And like everybody is nipping at my heels to take my spot because they are. Because Impact has a hungry roster. Impact has great young talent that wants to show the world how good they are. And I want to show the world how good I am. So I think that it's a match made in heaven because anybody that I'm going to step in a ring with in Impact is going to want to prove how good they are. And I'm going to do the same. And I think it's going to give the world matches that are must-see. Well, you, you certainly have a lot to prove and have, have done that instantaneously after arriving here in Impact. Uh, look forward to some amazing matches. Certainly Brian Cage, you know, Johnny Impact, Moose, Pentagon, who, who knows you're going to get in there with. Um, you even bring up the Rascals. I think that certainly would be a, uh, a clash in styles. Uh, but certainly would be exciting to see. Look forward to seeing what is ahead for Big Mike Elgin here in Impact Wrestling. Well, I appreciate the time and uh, letting me speak and be heard. So thank you for having me, and uh, I definitely look forward to any and all matchups moving forward. All right. Well, with that, Media, we'll wrap it up for this week's Press Pass podcast. Uh, if you have thoughts on who you'd like at uh, next week, the following week, down the line, Feel free to shoot me a message uh, on suggestions. We're certainly open to bring on the people that you'd like, and we will go from there. But with that, we'll wrap it up. Thanks to Mike, and thank you to the media. Thank you. Unmuted. Q&A session is over. Goodbye.